Welcome to Expanding Circles, the podcast about everyday origin stories. This episode's guest is making her way towards 100 countries visited after working as a teacher, a tour guide, a governess, and a little of everything else. Please welcome Kelly Nelson to the podcast. Welcome to another episode of Expanding Circles. Today, my guest is Kelly Nelson. Say hello to the people. Hi. So how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. All right, Kelly. So tell us where you're from. I'm from Bloomington, Minnesota. So up in the Twin Cities area? Yeah, a suburb of Minneapolis. Okay. Yeah, because I grew up in the... Well, not grew up. I, I lived a couple of years in the twin in, in Minneapolis. Oh, okay. So so very close. Yep, yeah, and went to Bloomington a few times. The Mall of America. Well, <laughs> more actually, because what was what else was out there in Bloomington? Mm, they used to have the hockey stadium, like that's when right. I was a little. That's kid, right. Yeah, it's but... after the Met Center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, went to go see the North Stars a few times when I was growing up. So yeah, North okay. Stars, and they used to have the circus there. The circus, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Never went to a circus out there, but mm-hmm. went to we went to a lot of North Stars games. We actually one of my father's friends had season tickets or something, oh, and so occasionally cool. we would like when she wasn't using them, they'd give them to my father, and so we went to see a few games, quite a few games actually, at, out at the Met Center. Yeah. All right, so, but I also remember you, you have some connection to Florida. Is that also? Yeah. So basically, all my family has moved down to like Fort Myers area now. Um, my sister was the first. She went to University of Miami, and then everyone was like, oh, wait, why are we living in freezing cold <laughs> Minnesota when we could be living in Florida? So slowly, everyone started moving down there. And now I think I have almost no family left in Minnesota. Everybody's in Florida. So did you live in Florida at all? Or um, yeah, it? I did my master's in Tampa. Okay. So I lived there for uh, a year, a year and a half. Okay. So, okay, so master's. Well, let's, let's then take a step back. And okay. Where did you go to um, undergrad? I did my undergrad. Actually, I went to three different places. <laughs> so okay. I did, I got a two-year degree from a community college in Bloomington. Um, and I also went, spent one semester at the University of Minnesota. Didn't like living in the dorm, and they wouldn't let me move out of the dorm unless I dropped out of school. So I ended up going back to the two-year college, um, and then I finished up at Augsburg, which is like a small liberal arts school in Minneapolis. I know Augsburg. Okay. Part of the ELCA. There we go. Oh, okay, I didn't even know. Even though both churches in America. Uh-huh. Part of, yeah, part of that whole family of churches. Most of most of my family went to another ELCA school. They went to Augustana. Oh, okay. Down in the twin, down in uh, the Quad Cities mm. in Illinois. So okay. So yeah. Augsburg. How was Augsburg? Um, it was good. I got my bachelor's degree from there, and yeah, I really liked it. It was. It's a small, small school, and yeah. so I had like the same teachers teach multiple subjects, and you get to know them really well, and the same students in pretty much all your classes. It wasn't like the huge U of M experience with a. 200 student lecture halls and stuff like that so because isn't you isn't u of m actually if not it's one of the biggest schools in the u.s isn't that right i think so i don't know i mean it was more like a corporation i didn't really like it and <laughs> i don't know i never really felt like i was part of it too much there so okay so what did you study at all, uh, for your undergraduate um i did marketing 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 okay. yeah did you want to do something with marketing? Yeah, well, actually, I don't know. Ever since I was a really young girl, I was like very focused on like money and strategic things, and I always took economics and marketing classes in high school. And um, I did work in sales and human resources after I finished my okay. degree for a little while. Was that when you started school? Was that kind of your goal at the? 
at yeah, the outset? Yeah, I, I guess I didn't really know, but my parents, it's sort of funny because they like told me, oh, you're going to be a business person. They told my sister, oh, I think you would be like a good teacher. And then they told my other sister, you should be a doctor. And that's actually kind of what we've all <laughs> gone into. But for me, it didn't stick, so. Okay, so how, so just a short time, how long do you spend in marketing? Um, well, so I graduated from university when I was 20 because I started when I was 16. So I started really young. Um, so I only worked for like two, two and a half years in sales and human resources and stuff. Just decided it wasn't for you or? Yeah. I mean, my first job I was in outside sales, so I was traveling around and I had kind of like a very flexible schedule and things. And then my second job, I was working in a cubicle with like a headset on all day, just calling lawyers in Texas and it was <laughs> not very fun and I think I burned out really fast there. Yeah, cubicle farming of any nature doesn't sound mm-hmm. all that appealing. Yeah, so even though the salary was really good and everything, I was like, I can't do this for the rest of my life. So and did, I, did mm-hmm. that prompt then the decision to go on to grad school? or? No, um, I actually had wanted to teach abroad since I was in high school. My, um, I took Japanese, even though I can't speak Japanese well, but my teacher had um, done the alt thing in Japan, and so she was always talking about it, and I thought, oh, that would be a great thing. And I looked into it while I was going to college, and then I just ended up not doing it until a few, la- few years later. So. Okay. So you burn out from doing your marketing and HR. Yeah. And so what, where does your path go next? Yeah, so burned out at an early age. I was 23rd birthday. I went to Korea. <laughs> um, yeah, so I started teaching at 23 overseas in like a hagwon kind of thing in Korea. And I've been doing it ever since. So. Okay, so hagwons in Korea. Mm-hmm. We've got quite a, few, quite a few people go through that route. Yeah. It's somewhere along there on their path. How was that? Actually, it was an awesome job. I, I don't know. I really lucked out with like having a really good school and like decent management and like my hours. I think I started at three in the afternoon and I finished at eight. So I had the mornings to like take Taekwondo and yoga and like go explore and then in the evenings, nightlife and everything. So yeah, finishing early enough because yeah, a lot of times, like, the stories of those jobs is, yes, they start late, but they also go until late. But. Yeah, I mean, it worked out perfectly for okay. 23 and being in a big city for the <laughs> first so, time. So you're in the Seoul area? Yeah, right in Seoul. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I did that for a year, and then I saved up enough money, did, like, some private tutoring, and um, really I went into teaching because I wanted to travel. So I took off after my first year. I traveled for eight months. I went around Southeast Asia and Africa and went back home for a little bit and decided this is a nice life. I'm going to keep doing this. Yeah, so you're, you're one of our best traveled teachers, I think. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's 91 countries now. 91. Okay, uh-huh. That's what I'm going to ask. <laughs> so 91. Okay. Mm-hmm. Best country and worst country you in your personal oh, experience? That's a very difficult question to ask. Um... I think my best, the best place that I've been to is this island called Lamu. It's off the coast of Kenya. And at the time, there was no roads, and it was just people would take a sailboat or a donkey to get around. It was super friendly. Like, I got invited to weddings and people's houses for dinner. I stayed for two weeks, and I rented this, like, mansion on the beach for $7 a night. And it was just ideal paradise luxury kind of thing i've heard now that they've now have cars and stuff and it's not quite the same as it was back then but 
that out of anything that was my favorite travel experience probably I was only there for two weeks and you got invited to weddings yeah <laughs> just walking down the street people would invite me into their houses and okay. stuff like that well I guess you probably stuck out and clearly weren't <laughs> around there and... yeah I think it was like either people stay at these luxury hotels or they're just not there and yeah. so they're like oh here's this random young girl walking around by herself Let's invite her in and see. Mm -hmm. Let's have some fun. Yeah. Well, okay. So that, I can see why that would be on the top of your list. Yeah. So places yeah. you've had unfortunate experiences with, um, for whatever reason, least favorite. Honestly, the worst that I think I had a really bad experience the first time I went to Vietnam, and now I really like it and I love it and I go back all the time. But my first experience there was more than ten years ago, and there wasn't very many tourists and. We just had this taxi driver almost attack us, and it was just, and people on the street didn't step in to help or anything, and so it just really put a bad taste in my mouth for Vietnam. But ten years later, I went back and sort of fell in love with it. So, <laughs> like actual attacking. Yeah, almost? well, like grabbing me and cut, like cut my arm with his fingernails, and was like in my face, gonna punch me and. Was my there... security guard from my hotel just stood there and watched, and people on the street were just watching. It was broad daylight. Nobody did anything. <laughs> what, what provoked his... Well, he had, like, a rigged meter, and so he's like, you should pay us $30, or pay me $30, and we're like, no, we've done this route every day, and we know it's $2, and so we're like, well, here's five. Please leave now, and he <laughs> went crazy, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, I mean, that's certainly one of those things you got to watch out a lot of travel yeah. as a foreigner. Trying to get... And I think that was one of my first trips. I think that was the second country that I went to by myself. So that was kind of like... Oh, still, kind of, is... still new at it. Yeah. Not quite sure how to handle those sorts of situations yet. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Well, I can see why that would leave a bad taste in your mouth initially. But I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad you've come to like come to love Vietnam yeah. in the intervening years. Mm -hmm. I've, I, also, I visited Vietnam probably about 10 years ago at this point as well. Um, I loved it. I did. It was, it yeah. was absolutely wonderful. But fortunately, I did not have any of those experiences. Didn't have <laughs> to good. deal with angry taxi drivers. Mm -hmm. But yeah, okay. So Vietnam, bad experience at first, but now. Now I like it. Yeah. I like it. Well, that's good. I spent a year there teaching, so <laughs> I better like it. Okay. So where where all have you taught? Um. So Korea, uh, Vietnam. I were taught in the UAE, in Bahrain, and Russia. I taught in Japan once before TIU, and that's it. I was a tour guide in Thailand and Malaysia, but not teaching. But you've worked in those countries. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's go back, and then where does grad school fit in all of this? Yeah, so so yeah, I, I did the work for a year, save up some money, travel, uh, that kind of routine for a while, tour guiding, just doing whatever would like give me an experience to go somewhere new. I did that for about five years and then I was like, you know what, I think this is going to be my career. I'm going to stick with this. So then I slowly decided like, you know what, I need to get more serious about this and go and actually have a degree in teaching instead of just my marketing degree. And <laughs> so not until I was 30, I went back and did my um, master's in TESOL. Okay. So. And you said this, I was in Florida? Mm -hmm. Yeah. In Tampa at University of Southern Florida. Um, how was that? Pro I have never actually heard much about that program. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's huge it's not a huge program but there's a lot of international people that come that want to teach like 
English in their countries. So I was one of the few Americans in my program. Like、mm. there was a lot of people from Saudi Arabia and Korea and China. Um, and different countries that wanted to take the skills and go back to their country and teach English. Okay, that that certainly sounds like it probably is a bit different than most of our experiences. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it it's mostly like fifty percent online and fifty percent in the classroom. So there was a lot of Americans that were in the online program, but、okay. um, not in the classroom. Okay,、program. so they also have the online option.、Mm-hmm. Okay, so is that right before you come to TIU or? No, so I did that program in my. Goal actually for a while was to do the ELF program, the English language English language fellows program through the U.S. Department of State.、Mm-hmm. So as soon as I was almost done with my masters, I started applying for that, and I got accepted, and they sent me to Vietnam. And at first, yeah, not excited about that, but yeah, I, it grew on me. <laughs> so where in Vietnam were you?、Um, in Lao Cai, like right on the border of China. Okay, so way up in the far、mm-hmm. north. Far, far north, like where near Sapa, where people go for hiking and things like that. But、yeah. I think it was actually a really cool part of Vietnam because there's still like a lot of ethnic minority hill tribe people there that are living more traditional lifestyles. Yeah, that that is one one regret I have with my trip to Vietnam. They never made up to the northern highlands,、mm. so that I would like to go back and go to that area at some point. Yeah, it's great, and I feel like it's going to be changing so rapidly too. Like my students, you know, came to school in t-shirts and jeans, but their parents would wear traditional clothes, and they were still living without like electricity or running water, but I can imagine in you know ten fifteen years that will probably change.、Mm-hmm. So. How long was that position? Um, it's just a ten month program.、Okay. So I was there for ten months, and they offered to extend my contract.、Um, and I said, sure, that sounds great, but I want to live in like an actual city this time instead of a rural town.、Um, and they said, okay, we have a place that's only seventy miles from the city. And I said, well, that's not the, <laughs> that's not the city. So, no, thank you. Um, yeah, and I, I just I was kind of isolated there, so I really wanted to go somewhere that I had a nice social life before. So I went to the UAE、um, and taught, actually at the same high school chain that James taught at. So I did that for a year, and I really enjoyed the social life of it, but I don't didn't like the management. I heard him say <laughs> a similar thing. Yeah, It's James. Very about standardized curriculum. And J- James' experience at the high school certainly was not all that great. It sounds. Yeah. As well. All about assessment, like pretty much ninety percent of everything that we did was assessment. So、um, yeah, so I did that for a year. Thought I would actually stay longer because I was really enjoying my friends and the social life, and I lived on the beach. Like what's <laughs> not to love? But. I looked for other opportunities that would be more fulfilling, like professionally, and I got offered the job by CRU, and so I, I decided to come. And you've been here for、uh, two、uh, years now. Almost two years. Okay.、Yeah. You also said you had taught in Japan before this. Yeah, I did. That was part of my sort of fluttering around the world phase. But、um, I worked for Westgate. It's just、mm-hmm. like a three-month contract. So I lived in Kanagawa near like Kamakura and Enoshima and like beautiful part. <laughs> so I could walk to the beach every day and. Okay, so yeah, Westgate. Yeah, because I think Amanda, yeah, her, her hiatus from TIU、mm-hmm. was、uh, working for Westgate as well. Yeah, it was fine. I mean, I mostly did it as like a paid vacation to Japan. Um, so, with my program, it was like teaching the same class five times in one day. So exactly the same material, the same class five times a day, and they can choose what time they wanted to go to the class. Okay.、Um, so 
yeah, the first two or three hours, it's fine. And then by the time you've done the class five times. Yeah. That yeah. last time is a struggle. <laughs> yeah. That last time can be a struggle. I've mm-hmm. been not exactly the same, but I've been in similar situations where teaching the same class over and over and over. And it, yeah, it gets, it can get hard by the last time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was just, it wasn't that exciting, but it was nice to live in Japan and it was close enough to Tokyo to mm-hmm. see a lot of stuff. And I spent all weekend just doing sightseeing stuff. And Okay. So part of your working to uh, travel yeah. phase. Yeah. <laughs> So you've been here at TAU for two, almost two years. Mm-hmm. How do you find it so far? I really enjoy it. I would say, and I've said this to a lot of people, that this is the best job that I've ever had. Like the, I like the atmosphere. It's great managers, great coworkers, a lot of freedom with the curriculum. So, so out of all my jobs, I would say this is the most rewarding that I've professional <laughs> level. Well, I'm sure everyone will be glad to hear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back away from the teaching. Okay. So you've done. You, what other jobs have you done? You said you were a tour guide for a bit. And yeah, well, I was very restless, I guess, in my younger years. I I think, and it, also when I was growing up, it was so easy to get part-time jobs. Mm-hmm. So I did a million part-time jobs, like worked at Subway, McDonald's, every everything, like grocery stores. Um, my main part-time job was always like teaching swimming lessons or teaching or I was a lifeguard for a long time Mm -hmm. and that's kind of how I got into teaching Um, when I was in university I did like teaching first aid and CPR and lifeguarding um, through the Red Cross and yeah I was a tour guide for a while I did so how, how did you get into the tour guide thing? <laughs> um, it was just in my phase of looking for jobs. I always apply for random jobs in different countries. And I was kind of bored with filling out teaching applications. So I filled out one to be a tour guide and was surprised that they hired me. I had only been to Thailand one time before and hadn't really traveled that much. But the company that I went to Thailand with hired me to be a tour leader. So yeah, we would do like two-week trips from Bangkok down to Singapore. Okay. And, and I, yeah, I somehow got that job. <laughs> but it was it was really fun. The pay was terrible. I think I got like $30 a day. And But, you know, you get to go on free snorkeling trips and do everything that all the tourists are doing. So, so it's not just so the pay, it's the benefits for that job. Yeah, definitely the benefits, the pay... <laughs> I think you could make more doing anything else. How long did you do that job? Um, I think I lasted about six or seven months with that, which is pretty long because you work 30 days straight and then you have about a week off and you're working 24 hours a day for $30 a day. <laughs> this was kind of got to be on call pretty much all the time. Yeah, and it's it's great if you have like a good group, but if you have a bad group and you're stuck with them for two weeks, it's just, it's not very fun. And as the guide, you don't get to choose them. They kind of choose you. Yeah, well, I mean, well, they, they just you assign you through the company, yeah. but sometimes you get really cool people and sometimes you get people that are just super whiny and complaining and want to eat McDonald's all day and it's just... <laughs> Those people, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's go to go to a foreign country and eat American fast food. Yeah. I understand every, every once in a while on a long trip, but not every day. Yeah, it was always my test. Like, I would say, okay, on our second night, we have this opportunity to go have dinner with a local family. Like, they've been through some financial troubles, and they have, like, this beautiful house. Do you want to go 
eat dinner with them. Like, we'll pay $5 per person, and they'll cook us a nice dinner. And if my group was like, no, we want to go eat pizza, then I would say, okay, this group is <laughs> not going to be nice. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good proxy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. I, still, I still love new places and experiencing new things, but staying at TIU, this has been the longest I've been anywhere. So. Okay, well, mm-hmm. got to set a record here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Looking ahead, mm-hmm. where, do you, where do you see yourself going from here? Um, that's a good question. I am not positive. I, I have some thoughts, but they always keep changing. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm definitely staying for two more years at TIU. I've re-signed my contract, okay. but um, I think I would eventually like to get out of the teaching contracts kind of thing and get into something a little bit different, like maybe set up my own kind of company that's, you know, maybe taking students on trips or doing something like international homestay kind of program or maybe get into like online teaching where I can do teaching from wherever I want to be at that time, you know. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. And so let's add also then what's what's your... uh... Bucket list, next five countries. Well, I have that already planned. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, what's the plan first? Let's get okay, those. in the winter, this winter, I'm going to go back to Africa because that was like one of my best travel memories and it's been 10 years. So this time I'm doing Western Africa. So okay. I'll be driving and camping around Western Africa for 50 days. Okay. And then doing a few like weeks by myself. Okay, so how many countries are you going to tick off on this trip? That will be seven more countries. Seven more, okay. Mm-hmm. Seven or eight. Okay. I can't remember. I think I'll be up to 99 by the time that I <laughs> get back. finish this year, yeah. Okay, okay so you got that. So mm-hmm. Western Africa, get up to 99. Bucket list for number 100. I, oh yeah, we've been talking about this. Um, I think maybe the Maldives... Maybe Iceland, maybe Brazil. Okay, so those are three high on the list right now? Yeah. Have you done much traveling in South Africa? Not South Africa, South America? Um, I've only been to Argentina and Uruguay, okay. so not so, really. So still quite a few. So that's my yeah next winter plans. To get, get a lot of the South America mm-hmm. boxes ticked? Yeah, like Bolivia, Peru, Ecuador, and Colombia is okay. like my route that like I kind have of the equatorial, the equatorial area mm-hmm. of South, South America. Why do I keep wanting to say South Africa? <laughs> They're t- entirely different places. Yeah. Yeah, so not too many places left. I, well, I, mean, <laughs> I have one of those scratch off maps where I'm. <laughs> if you're at 100, I mean, that's. That's, a, you know, that's more than half the world. Mm-hmm. So you're getting there. So is that your final goal? Get all? No, I, I don't know. I mean, for a while, I wasn't really going to new places. I thought, you know what? I, I can just go back to places that I really like. So I was just returning to the places that I enjoyed the first time. But in the last two or three years, I've kind of gotten spurred on to like see more and more places. So I don't know. I don't. I know like every country in the world wouldn't be possible unless there are a few certain ways. Yeah. For various reasons at the moment, or not. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's really exciting and interesting to me to see new places and not just to check it off the list, but to actually have been there. Absolutely, absolutely. So would you ever go to Antarctica? I would love to, yeah. If you want to give me (laughs) $6,000. Let me me take that from my daughter's (laughs) college fund. Uh, No. No. Okay. Yeah, I would, if I ever get down to like that part of like Patagonia, I think... We'll have to do it, but 
I think it's yeah, like five six thousand dollars for one week. So not a, not an easy thing to do mm-hmm. financially. Okay. Yeah. Well, I know my father absolutely loved Iceland. Mm-hmm. He actually got to go a few times and just absolutely loved it. So I was certainly I'm sure he would recommend Iceland to be your one hundredth. Okay. Yeah. So, well, it's definitely on the list. It's probably going to be somewhere in the summer, okay. so Iceland might be the might be the place. Although I've heard Iceland's actually pretty cool in the winter, winter as well. I mean, yes, it's cold, but with all the geo, all the thermal mm. activity, it's actually not nearly as cold as a lot of the other places up that part of the world. See, so. like Japan is too cold for me, so <laughs> no, we're, not even, we're not even in the cold part of the country. Yeah, we're in the warm part of the country. Yeah, after my time in Russia, and then I said, like, I'm not living anywhere cold again. I'm done with this, and I gave away my winter jackets and my boots and everything. <laughs> but so even seeing snow, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> so I guess we didn't talk about that. Where in Russia were you? Um, I was in Moscow and Samara and Kazan. So three different cities, but I spent almost almost three years in Russia, not consecutively, obviously. <laughs> but off and on. Yeah, yeah. I worked um, for private families as a English tutor governess okay. um, in Russia. So it was a kind of a different position, but that was the money making position, I guess. In the money making phase. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like you have something of a, a goal if even if it is nebulous and ambiguous yeah i mean i definitely have goals that i'm working towards mostly save up enough money so that i can just relax <laughs> and do what i want to do which is travel and get back to see my family and mm-hmm. well, that's even if they're not big goals they're important goals yeah I don't know. I guess my dad retired by the time he was 50, so it's kind of like, that's one of my goals. I would like to stop working and just have fun. <laughs> Put it away somewhere safe and sounds good. Yeah. Sounds, sounds like good. a good life. <laughs> Indeed. Well, it's been a lot of fun, so thank you very much for sharing yeah, your story. Sure. Definitely. <laughs> And that's all for this episode. I hope you enjoyed. If you have any questions for myself or any of my guests, we have an email account. You can send questions and comments to expandingcirclespodcast at gmail.com. That's all one word. One more time, that's expandingcirclespodcast at gmail.com. So we're back after a bit of a lull. What can I say but midterms? Hopefully I can pick up the production schedule pace and get episodes up more regularly, but I make no promises. So stay tuned, stay subscribed, and keep listening. I'm Jonathan Isaacson, and that's what I know. <laughs>